Hi everyone, and welcome back to Talking Stations. I'm your host, Rain, and I'm joined by the lovely Artemis, our engineer. Her and I, hello, her and I are going to be talking about the news for this past week. We apologize for yesterday for not streaming, but it was quite the busy day, and it's actually probably good because I feel like we have more news now that we're waiting till Monday. So, so exciting stuff. So what do you want to start with, Artemis, to kick us off? I mean, I feel like the biggest news is... What was it last week we talked about the Imperium losing their CEO, and this week they have a new one. Yeah, so the torch has been passed to Asher Elias, who is now the new Imperium CEO. I looked, so I think that's mostly a title. I think he also said he has executor roles within the Executor Corp within, Imper within Goon Swarm, but in general is the leadership of Imperium. I know it gets kind of hazy with coalition stuff because technically you can have a coalition leader without any sort of in-game function. But as far as I'm aware, he owns, I think it's called DJ's Retirement Fund, which is the executor corp. So if you look at some of the citadels in Imperium space, they'll be owned by DJ's Retirement Corp. And he owns the character there. He was on open comms on Friday talking about the actual character. And it's like his alt called Sexy Gym Teacher or something. And it's really awkward. And like he showed that character up and it was like a hot topic. But uh, the torch has been passed. So Asher has stepped up. For those who don't know, Asher is the 23rd best FC in Imperium. So quite a huge improvement there. He also used to run his own podcast. I don't know. There's, I feel like that's like a really old thing that he stopped doing, but not a lot of people realized. And then he also actually Twitch streams. So I think that's like a newer thing he's picked up. Yeah, I want to make I, a multi-dollar media empire joke, but I will refrain myself. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, but like Twitch streaming's hard. Like, I don't know if people realize this. Like, sometimes it takes effort to press the button and go live and entertain people. So, props to those who can do it. Like, not to humble brag or anything about us, but because we're both streamers here. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's I effort. I just like engineer this. This is not being entertainment, this is reading news. I feel like that's way more effort because like when I get on camera, I just like capture my desktop and then talk a bunch. So I feel like you're doing way fancier stuff. You're like running ads and switching things in and out and showing your browser tabs, which I think is really risky if you ever watch mm. some of those bloopers of streamers. So I think okay. I have nothing to hide here. <laughs> All right. I was super excited to hear that Asher was was named. He was obviously the name in a lot of top of people's lists when they were thinking about it. He did post his speech, which I'm showing on the stream right now, and you can go read on Reddit if you would like to, or you could just listen to it. They have a SoundCloud as well. But I liked the change in tone from, from the previous leader to Asher. I enjoy listening to Asher's podcast in the past, too, so that's, that's not surprising. But the one thing I did like is he talked a lot about how he disagreed with the way that they handled Vietnam and where they didn't go and attack the, the Keepstar chain when they won the fight in M2, and how that's like a, a shift in the way he wants to perceive things, is he wants to be much more aggressive as opposed to defensive. So I'm excited to see how they, impl or how they actually like put that into action. The Imperium is at war currently. They are deployed and fighting down in the south in Immensi, Tenerifis, and in Faith Abolis. But we'll have to see if that escalates or changes the tactics that they use and so on and so forth now that they have a new leader potentially calling some shots. Yeah, I also really like how, because you've seen it in leaders in the past, like not just Imperium, but he talks a lot about risk. 
Like, he's like, this is Imperium. You're here to use your big toys. You're not here to just AFK PVE all day and then go and retire. Like, he sounds like he actually wants to make, like, give a reason for his members to log in beyond just rallying the troops with, like, fiery speeches or whatever. He wants to give them an in-game reason and have stuff to do in-game, which also helps the fact that he's an FC. So it's not like he's new to leading people at a fleet level or even, like, a smaller scale. So, and then I think, I think he's done like Alliance tournament stuff in the past. So he's very clearly has like all this experience with taking charge and leading people. So, so like he's, he's new to the, the Imperium CEO role or the taking the torch, but he's definitely not new to, to flying alongside his allies and actually going out and getting fights. And so I'm really excited about that, especially the risk thing. I always felt like this is like my F1 monkey line member perspective where I always see like people, I'll be like, Oh, take the fight, take the fight. Why don't we drop on them? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And like, I, it's always easy to say as like an armchair FC when you're not, when you're not involved, like nothing's riding on you. Like, yeah, I might jump in my dread or Titan or whatever and lose it. But like, I'm excited to see that from leadership and I'm hoping other like Alliance and coalitions leaders do the same where they stop taking, they stop, being risk averse and they start just like hey man might as well feed it we have the titans to lose why not yeah even even in spite of like the debt that he is inheriting he mentioned it during the speech it was also mentioned on a few of his streams like they still have trillions of risk to pay back from the war bond program i think the question that came up on stream was like are you going to subsidize super caps anytime soon he's like no we're going to pay our debts first and then we'll subsidize it but taking a risky military stance is can be costly so We'll have to see if, if that gets dialed back for the sake of finances and paying back debts or if they're able to manage both. I certainly hope they're able to manage both. Yeah, I'm excited for it, though. I think uh, kind of related to this, but not really. So the quote of if you're an Imperium, you're not here to keep your Titans safe forever. And then over the weekend, we actually saw a bunch of folks in one DQ. So we saw a bunch of Imperium folks and then I believe it was Horde, Horde and Friends. They went out and like tried to entice him, and yeah, so you're showing the Leviathan. He attempted to DD, and then got dunked, like dread bombed, which is notorious for those who ever did any sort of hunting and delve after 2016, as folks have dread caches down there. Um, NPC delve makes it relatively easy to do, and so they baited this titan and they killed it, but they also lost a lot of dreads for it. But stuff like that, like stuff like that, is what I'm excited to see because it feels like we haven't seen that for the longest time. It's always like, oh, there was a move up, or oh, there was some, you know, drunken idiot out trying to lose something for a stream or whatever, you know. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, and Z kill. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rain. Capital prices haven't adjusted this much, especially super caps. The Titan was not 90 billion, right? No, it's way above that. I don't know how Squiz adjusts Z-Kill. I know like there's certain things he can hard code in, but I'm not sure how it's how he's adjusted it because for the longest time prices went all the way up because of build costs, but now they're coming down because that's been balanced a little, but it's still not 90 bill as far as I'm aware. Gotcha. And I wonder if it's the same thing for the individual capitals. Yeah, four to five bill sounds about right for, for a dread for a fully fit T2 gun. So that's accurate. Yeah, so that's yeah, they did reasonable. they did lose like the entire dread bomb, which is somewhat expected, but it was a hurricane fleet that Horde were out baiting using. And the the Leviathan pilot just decided to try and lance them, and it unfortunately did not work. Yeah, stuff like that is is what I miss in the game where you can just kinda like mess around and then either suffer consequences or get good frags with it, whatever sides of the fight you're on. 
but stuff like that's exciting to see. Like I wish I miss as bad of a state Eve was during prosperity, whatever folks want to call it. It was like always exciting to see people just be like, yeah, man, we, we dunked this ratting hell like 200 times. Like it was always so exciting to watch fleets like that just die in a fire. I, I want to use a whole heck of a lot of caution when you're talking about stuff like that, because it was not fun, like, roaming Delve, and there would be a cloaked titan every other gate trying to pose oh, on yeah, you. Oh, yeah, that's like, true, too. There... But that was fun that people could do that, though, too, right? You're like, oh, I have a titan now, but now I get to use it, and it's exciting. And yeah, the first time, but not the bajillionth time. And then same thing with killing the ratting supers. Like, the first one, wow, that's awesome, I killed a ratting super. But then the 200th, you're like, my god, why is there just five more in this constellation who didn't even stop ratting. Yeah, that's true, too. Hopefully we find that balance between, like, having fun frags and, like, balancing the economy of ratting. For sure. And I think that's kind of, like, a fun segue, because, like, speaking of ratting and frags, we uh, we saw Snuff lose a, what was it, a Marshall Fleet? A Marshall Fleet. Well, Marshall, for those unfamiliar, it is the Eden Con- or sorry, not Eden Con, the Concord. The Concord Tech 2 battleship. Specifically, it's a Black Ops battleship. They are very expensive. They were initially handed out as a reward for going to FanFest and E-Vegas, when E-Vegas was still a CCP-sponsored, like, and run event. Now it's accessible through the Project Discovery and, and getting those rewards. But they are very expensive, very powerful to match, but they, they lost a fleet. The story here from the AAR, there was a... Citadel in Oilet, or letters? I don't know how to pronounce it, that was going abandoned. And so Control V, localist primary, they were keeping an eye on it. They noticed that Snuff dropped in a revelation plus their blops to try and kill it, and so they waited till it was almost dead, jumped in with their fleet to attack the Snuffed Out fleet, and from the AAR, they mentioned some things about having eyes on Snuff facts that were like undocked and ready but they weren't within jump range of their home system so only the one fax came through they were able to nude it out and kill through the rest of the fleet nick i like that oilet tears okay fair enough that's that's classic i think it's supposed to be a french name but yeah that's a it's a very classic snuff sort of thing where they're like, hey guys, teehee, we have all this like risky fleet, but don't worry, we have Lodgy coming in. We have caps on the Unduck. And then somehow it didn't work. I'm I'm guessing that was people where they just like, I don't know, are all fax jump ranges the same or maybe? I mean, like maybe I've... if they didn't have jump cal 5, but I think it's specifically Oilette wasn't within range of Rarevas, or sorry, Rakapas, oh, which was their okay. saving system. They probably just assumed, and then it just didn't work, because that's actually hilarious. But yeah, so that's a very, I feel like that's a very classic thing. Had Snuff actually jumped in and saved all their stuff, everyone would be like, oh, classic Snuff. But it did not work. But it sounded like it was a fun fight, especially when you get to kill these marshals. So marshals themselves, I want to say when I was trying for one three years ago, it was like seven bill just for the whole if you got it from Project Discovery. I'm assuming that has only gone up. They're very. It's actually gone down. No, they were like three to really? five bill, depending. Let me look up real quick. Okay, because yeah, I know. Because when you get the blob, or when you get the marshal, it's not affected by. Because you just get the hole. As far as I'm aware, you either get the hole or maybe you get the blueprint. But it wasn't really affected by all of the market changes or the the economy changes. So I stand corrected. No, it's back up at seven and a half bill. Nice. Okay. 
yeah, so those they are not cheap. They're not like they're not like alliance tournament tier, but they're not something you can just willingly buy and run around while like not really paying attention. Yeah, it looks like the lowest they ever was was around six bill. Oh wow. So yeah, blingy stuff. Usually when I'm I'm assuming snuff snuff's really notorious for kind of blinging their things, especially if you're doing low sec fleets. So it's like implants. And if you have a marshal, you're assuming it's going to live longer, so you can kind of bling some of the modules. Yeah, they had a, an 82 billion isk marshal. And mind you, that's not including the abyssal mods. And given given the amount of purple on this, those abyssal mods were probably also purple before they were rolled. So it was obscenely expensive. Yeah, impressive by snuff to kind of have that swag fleet. But also props to the folks who killed them. That's a lot of fun. Really risky. Indeed. I think there's even a video of the instant as well, yeah, from them jumping in and dropping on it. Nice. That's awesome. That was done by Localist Primary. So local, the attackers actually got in on it. Mm-hmm. Localist Primary, they're more known for their corporation, Dirt and Glitter. I think we had a member of them on to talk about Faction Warfare when the Faction Warfare changes were first announced Mikkel. at FanFest. Yeah. Yeah, so Mikkel, so the dirt, so if you look at their logo, Dirt and Glitter is a reference to the Kesha song. So they use the the salt, the Morton Salt girl, but they make her look like Kesha. And so that's their alliance logo for Localist Primary. Even though they seem like super inconspicuous, they're a bunch of memers. What's their, what's their tagline? Drink, plex, whelp, and repeat. Yes. So pulling off something like this is very impressive for their for their entire vibe. But they're a good group of people to fly with. It looks like they had a lot of fun with this. And I think even Snuff had fun, even though they fed. They probably were excited. Yeah, people are, are dropping on them now. It makes them, like, if one person succeeds, others will try, and others will probably fail and give Snuff some content. Yeah, so the rest of their Marshall fleet will come out and be, like, easy bait. Nick in chat asked the question, is Localist Primary a low-sec group? Yes, they are. They are Amar Faction Warfare, if memory serves. I really hope I don't get in serious trouble for saying that. I think they are. They're either Amar or they do... Or they're like kind of like pirates. They just live in the area. All right. So, segueing, kind of like unrelated to actual PvP, we have more, more player news, but this is really related to CSM and Wormhole folks. So we have Mark Resurrected, who was elected to the CSM. Everyone kind of knows him as the Wormhole candidate. He took over after Zuki and then a couple, I believe a couple years without actually any, any Wormhole candidates. So Wormholers were extremely happy to have him on. He did a Wormhole Town Hall yesterday. So part of the reason we didn't stream yesterday was we'd rather focus on broadcasting the Wormhole Town Hall. I asked if he wanted it broadcasted because I know he was recording it. And I don't know if he really streams that much. So he said talking in stations could. So you could check out our VOD there. Otherwise, I believe we're going to send them over to Mark Resurrectus's YouTube, which is, I believe, just DJ Cactus with Ks. But we can try to link that to you just to send stuff his way because I know he did record it. So he did. He kind of kicked off the town hall. I was listening, Artemis obviously listening, because she was she was streaming it, so she kind of had to be here. But they talked a lot about like what onboarding was like, what they're doing so far, how they how they feel about CCP. I say they. So Mark kind of spoke generally. He did mostly personal experience, but kind of spoke generally for a lot of the CSM. There were other CSM there. I know Arcia spoke up at one point to answer some questions, as well as Kazanir. 
And then I think they said Luke wanted to make it, but had busy real life stuff, so he wasn't able to. I know Brisk he, was also hanging out in the crowd as well. Yeah, and so they were they were answering questions, fielding questions. Mark kind of gave an overall like the goal of the town hall was really just to kind of have him talked about how things are going, not to have like this radio silence that we've seen from CSM in the past. To kind of, and then to kind of open it for Q and A, any questions? A lot of a lot of the questions could just be like, "Hey, here are my concerns," or "Can you bring this to CCP?" Or it could be something as simple as, "Hey, I asked about this. This is a bug. What did CCP say?" So it was about two hours long, and Mark made the point that he wanted to do the monthly. So he linked. I think there was like, yeah, there was a Discord event, so you could join the Discord and kind of hang out there. And then you can see so see a history of a lot of the questions that were asked. Some of the meme questions, a lot of them serious. He, uh, a lot of his questions, I kind of gave him the feedback. I said there were a lot of non-answers, but that's expected of the CSM. They're not allowed to share a lot from the NDA. He did share. I think the big takeaway was that because it's summer and because it's Icelandic culture as well as the European culture, a lot of folks are taking time off. So CSM got all onboarded and is ready to go, but they're being, quote unquote, held back or prevented from approaching CCP with questions because the people there that they want to ask are actually on holiday with friends and family. So it's a lot of hurry up and wait. I know some folks get back in August, they said. So then they're going to seek them out to try and ask questions and pitch ideas and talk about things, gather feedback, et cetera. I think a lot of what his focus was on was like there's the we know CCP is coming out with a low sec update. And so he said that was a lot of the focus already. And I think like our CA even spoke up and answered questions around low sec. But that, that's kind of like the next big update. And then he I did mean, have... It was surprising to me how many of the questions were not wormhole related. It was a wormhole or discord. It was titled the wormhole town hall. But it, I, I swear a good 30 to 40% of the questions were just general game related or even null sec focused or low sec focused, which is great to see. Like, especially if this is going to be a reoccurring monthly platform to make sure that others, not just wormholers, feel comfortable going to that venue and it can be used for them while still giving space to wormholers is great. Yeah, and I like that too. And a lot of, some of the wormhole questions were like, hey, I'm a wormhole. I remember the one specifically, it was like, how is the faction warfare update going to specifically address wormholes? Like, is there something that CCP is coming out with to address wormholers instead of just, hey, we're only focused on this one area of space and only this one thing and therefore we're ignoring everything else? And so, obviously, we we got kind of a non-answer because we don't have any of the low sec updates. But I know Mark is going to be there, as well as others. Like, obviously, we have a lot of null sec folks. They're still going to be there and preaching feedback to CCP, regardless of the change in what area it is in. Yeah, I was impressed by his candor when responding to that question in particular. He was like, it's, it's focused on low sec, but they are, so they don't expect anything to be coming directly to wormholes. But he said it seems to be CCP's vision or goal to use the low sec area and starting with these faction warfare updates as a bit of a testing ground where they test out new features or mechanics or systems to then be deployed to other areas of space. I know when the when the faction warfare changes were first announced, we as NullSec players and a lot of others were like, ooh, they should come to solve or they should come to somewhere else in the game. And it's it seems like CCP is on board with that. So there might be stuff coming, but certainly nothing planned that he could talk about. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, I've, I know there's been a lot of assumptions, too. My favorite question I think that was asked was, and this is really curious because I think it does relate to what CCP's focused on with the new the AIR career programs or the new player experience. But the question was, how do we onboard newer players to coming into wormhole space without you know, joining an existing massive blob? Like, 
instead of having them go out and join a null sec blob, how do we get them into wormhole space without them joining, I would say, a wormhole blob or like one of the larger established groups, but do something more of trying new things instead of just day tripping. And like that, that I think was like one of my favorite questions too, because like, and I think Mark was kind of stumped as to how to ask that because he knows how hard it is to get into wormholes. And a lot of the changes, like it's very brutal to get into wormholes. Yeah, the still going to harp on it. Those changes to remove the armor timer on medium citadels is not not a good time. Yeah, that was brought up too. But I I think if you are somewhat related, somewhat interested in wormholes, or you're somewhat interested in CSM and what's been going on with CSM and CCP, definitely give it a listen. You can probably skip through it if you wanted. But the VOD's definitely worth listening to, whether it's here or on YouTube, or even just, I don't know, going to the Discord again and scrolling through some of the questions that were asked. For sure. I'm going to have to reach out to Mark after the show to get a link to where he uploaded on YouTube that we can link directly to that as well in the in the description and in the show notes. Yes, that would be good. Um, other big news this week, especially related to the community, is the Alliance Tournament 18 announcement announcement. I don't know what you want to call it. So CCP had guaranteed Alliance Tournament 18 would happen. And so this is the announcement also confirming it would happen. I've been watching the uh, Alliance Tournament 17 Discord, and it seems like every day there are people spamming train emotes because they were like, hey, the hype train, please announcement win, because they were told July, and Zalus did deliver. It wasn't July, <laughs> but at the very end. So this, uh, this announcement's mostly focused on key dates. So a lot of people are pretty grumpy, especially I'll say like a lot of the hardcore tournament players, they want like rule set, things to expect, prize ships. So CCP just mainly announced the dates. They also announced the sponsor, which is Mimitar, which means prize ships are the Murmur and the Freki, or Mimer. I prefer to call it Mimer. But they talked about how those are going to be changed to keep the integrity of the old prize ships. So these ones are going to be changed slightly. We're not sure if that means change statistics-wise or change like in the, the name of the item or change within the look. I'm assuming there's still going to be some in the look. But they announced that. The big thing I noticed, so if you notice, kind of like in the dates, they have trials, which I'm assuming means like feeder rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know with the Amar Championship, they had trials to kind of like pick your team. But feeder rounds, I don't know if there's going to be a lore aspect tied in as much here, but definitely feeder rounds in October. And then the actual tournament in November. So the second and third week. Mm, yeah, second and third weekend in November. So not Thanksgiving weekend. For those of you in America, do not worry. We made sure CCP would not do that. Volomir, no, there is not going to be an Alliance tournament fan rear. I'm sorry. I do want to ask... Do you know off the top of your head, like, the, the benefits of the Freki and the Mimer, if we're sticking with that name? Are they, like, the standard Mimitar web bonuses and stuff? I don't even know if they have any bonuses. I know that they're so bad that you are better off flying, like, a Rupture and a Rifter than flying the Tech 2 Alliance Tournament variants. Oh, um okay. Like, they are really bad so like when ccp did what was it because it's assault frigate and then a hack i think when they did the updates for the assault frigate and the hacks they did not apply it to alliance tournament ships so they are they are very poorly made sadly yeah i'm i'm sure to your point on the visual updates at least the more recent alliance tournament ships and skins all had like the at 19 or sorry at 15 or 14 like logo the alliance tournament logo itself with the number on it so that will be at a minimum 
a way that you can tell the difference between the two. Looks like next year they say for sure there's going to be an alliance tournament, and it will be the Adrestria, Adrestia, excuse me, and the Utu that are releasing. So yeah. uh, if Headliner loses his, it can be replaced. And I forget who it was. Was it Headliner? There was a story about somebody, I think they were from PL, who were out in Losec fighting like just a 1v1, an yes. honor 1v1 yes. with their Utu, and they died to gate guns. Do you remember this? Yes, I remember that. It was part of Rocket X's crew, I'm pretty sure. I forget the dude's name, but they were like, I think his friend actually like unscrammed him so that he could warp off. And he's like, no, I fight for honor and then died to guns, like to the to the NPC guns. It was so dumb. But yeah, well, it was. Um, get a new one now. Yeah, the the Justy and the U2 are definitely better than the, the Frecky and the Memer counterparts, so. All I say, or all I can say, is please bring back the Vangle. Like, that is my favorite ship in all of you online. I very, very much want to fly them. I am space poor, so it's not going to happen unless they re- release a crap ton. And then then maybe. Maybe. But please bring them back. Here's for AT20. Bring back the Vangle. Yeah, hopefully hopefully they're... I'm assuming they're going to be up next. They're going to go through the uh, the cycle, because then they'll also do the Atana and Cambion. I believe. Yes. No. No, those were the Garistas, weren't they? I forget. This is bad. I'm the Alliance Tournament person. I should remember this. But uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for those. The rules. So it says rules are coming out. Where is it? Signups closed. Usually I think the signups close, I think is what they were saying in the Discord. They're on the official EVE Discord. And then additionally, if you like tournaments like me, but don't want to actually fly in a tournament, there are actually applications open if you would like to apply to work on the tournament. So even T is is helping with CCP. I would say the proper phrase is probably contracting with CCP. And so they're also taking sign-in, sign-up, sign-ins for those who want to apply. I posted the Twitter link. So they, they say what they're looking for, both analysts and commentators. Analysts actually get to go out time it's in nottingham so for those who haven't been it's a so i'm gonna say a little city but someone's probably gonna yell at me and say it's not really a city but it's a little city in the uk it's known for robin hood it's about two to three hours north of london i actually really enjoyed it there i went there for at 16 because at 15 was in iceland but it's a lot of fun i'm assuming you get to fly out for both weekends so you got to be predicted like prepared to go for 10 days. So if you need to get the time off work, now's your time to request it off and then build your portfolio portfolio up and apply. If you need help or have questions, definitely reach out and ask because I have no, I, this was one of my favorite passions of EVE Online. I absolutely love it. I'm obviously helping even T with some of their work. I might get to go myself depending on how, on how my day job works. But yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a huge opportunity. It looks really cool on a resume. I put mine on my resume all the time and I get employee or potential employers asking me about it because it sounds really cool saying you worked with an international team and you got to travel and you're on camera. It's a really good experience. So even if you don't think you can fully do it, apply anyway and just try because you might be the best that they have. And um, a lot of people, I think, surprise themselves with that. I know Apophany, when he got on, he just applied and he was like, oh, I, I won't get this. And then he got on and he was like panicking because he's like, oh, no, now I have to actually prepare. And it's a lot of effort. So definitely put in the time and the work. And 
Hoffney was like the best though. He was absolutely one of my favorites. That's that's because he dedicated a lot of time and effort to like learning the stuff, learning the characters, you know, practicing, learning the meta and all this and that. It's a lot of work. I remember like just me practicing. Like people were like, Oh, you do is sit on camera and talk and I'm like, Yeah, but I make it sound good. It's so much effort. For sure. And the deadline there to apply is August 19th, so a little over two weeks away. Make sure you start prepping now if it's something you want to apply for. Yeah, and so definitely do that. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend. If you have questions, my DMs are open, or you can poke me on Discord, or I don't know, probably even talk about the Talking Stations Discord. Why do they need your nationality to prove that you can fly into the United Kingdom? Yep. A lot of, so a lot of this stuff is because they get, so for those who don't know, even to your CCP or whomever will pay your way to the UK and then they pay for you to stay in the UK. And I believe it even says there they actually compensate you for your time, like if you're a remote commentator. So it's not just like, a oh, you show up on like an expensive vacation you pay for yourself. It's like an actual job. You get contracted to go there and you work for them. And it's I think it's a lot of fun. I greatly enjoyed it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, it looks like you also, due to like travel restrictions and stuff, you have to be fully vaccinated for COVID in order to go in. So take a look at that too. Yeah, and that's all That's all stuff out of even T and CCP's control. That's complying with government regulations. Yes, follow, yes, Volomer in chat, some countries are banned then. Yes, there are some places where you need a visa to fly or you will simply not be let into the country. This is, this is true. So if you're a North American, or actually if you're just a I think it's all North America. You cannot fly into North Korea. So if we tried to host the Alliance tournament in North Korea, it would be very difficult. But that's like an easy example for something that that happens, just so you guys are aware. Yeah. I mean, certainly like if you are on the list of banned countries or whatever, they say you can still feel free to apply for a remote contractor work. Like that's totally cool. You can do the casting if you can't necessarily fly. Yeah. So if you have a day job like mine where they don't want you leaving for like two weeks at a time. Definitely try for the remote stuff. Even something simple. So like I remember when I first applied to Even T, I was like that person modding Twitch chat and handing out skins. And then now I'm on like their management team. So like trying something super simple, even just to like dip your toes to get your name out there is really worth it. Yeah, that's on on the subject of Alliance Tournament, should we talk about the anger games that took place as well? Yes. Like supplemental anger games. Yeah, so Anger Games Aftermath. Well, Anger Games 5 Aftermath. So Anger Games 5 occurred earlier this year. I say earlier, it was like a couple months ago in May and June. And then as kind of a stopgap, both Dirk and Soth realized like, hey, everyone keeps wanting tournaments. Let's just like host some like tournaments over the weekend. And so on the Even T channel, they actually did Anger Games 5 Aftermath. And they, uh, I... I'm going to say it was double elimination, like probably eight teams double elimination. I really didn't pay attention to this. I got on a board like last minute, just like hanging out in Twitch chat, making sure everyone behaved. But they had a lot of fun. So it looked like, I mean, it looked like it was a lot of fun. I think they like revamped the teams. So there was a Brave slash Goon team and it looked like a lot of fun. I know I went all in on Team Ramrod, which was a couple PL guys, and then they fed like 15,000 on my channel points, so I'm really salty about that. And then it was also great because 
I was watching this as well as listening to the Wormhole Town Hall. And you could tell Mark Resurrectus was also kind of watching this because like his team was doing really good and then they like fed. And so everyone was kind of roasting each other about that. But yeah, it's, it's a tournament. I was going to say people love tournaments. Everyone, it feels like no matter what you're doing, if you say, hey, guys, there's a tournament, people will get on board. I saw a couple of really close matches. It looked like some teams were going to win and then definitely did not. They like threw at the end. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like a really good play. I'm keep thinking of the Ramrod game where they started winning and then they just fed really bad. Yeah. This was, yeah. So this is all player ran. So if, if you're too intimidated by the fancy Lions tournament stuff, tournaments like these are really good to get in on. This is just anger games. So it's hosted by Dirk and Soth. A lot of people call it started out as like an Imperium in-house tournament. And then it grew so big that they needed more folks. And they actually have like commentator, like all, commentators of all sorts, referees of all sorts. They do it on Thunderdome to make it simple. You can and see cheap they have too. Like the Alliance tournament, when the actual matches occur, not the feeders, but the actual matches, that's real ships, real officer mods. That's a lot of isk. But Anger Games and even the feeder rounds for the Alliance Tournament, it's all held on Thunderdome, so you don't have to worry about the cost there. Yeah, and even like skill points. So Thunderdome, you can have all the skill points. So if you want something to dip your toes in, try out one of these player-run tournaments. I'm guessing Soth and Dirk aren't going to have anything till after November, because obviously everyone's going to be focused on the Alliance Tournament. But they're a good group to get in with. They, they pretty much accept anyone who's willing to step up and help out. And then they, they, do, they do really well at like, getting folks onboarded and everything. I know I've talked to a lot of their commentators and their analysts and their streaming, like streamer hosts, like all that setup actually looks really good. I did refereeing with them, which I thought was a lot of fun. The buttons are very scary if you guys ever get to see those. But it stuff like that really helps player-run tournaments kind of come together. And it's nice from CCP to give us access to things like Thunderdome for players like South and Dirk to do this. Yeah, I think this is, it's great to see that it could happen, especially on such short notice, at least from what I saw in the community standpoint. Number one, even with the Imperium, like losing their leader, the stuff in the background, the hardworking people that you don't really hear about very much are still doing their thing. The Imperium, like they host the anger games they have forever. And then also CCP making Thunderdome available. That was a sticking point for the longest time is the players were like, hey, we can run tournaments even if you're not willing to commit dev time. We just need access to this server. So it's great to see that CCP has got a good pipeline in there and some awesome people behind the scenes making it happen. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, I just figured it out. The, the Itana is Kaldari. I was thinking of the Chameleon. That's the Garista's one. I figured it out. I was like, why awesome. is this? It was bothering me this whole time. I want you to know. I don't know if you could see it in my face. What was the frigate that launched with the Atana? Everybody hears about the Atana because it's like the best Whip shield logic. Is it the oh, Whiptail? No, no, no that's Cambion, the Garistas. Cambion's with the Atana. Whiptail's with the Chameleon. Okay, perfect. So that's like where they have like an interceptor, but then it uses drones, like has all the drone bonuses. It's also known to be hilariously bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can zoom really fast, at least. I think the best frigate is the the Sanchez one, isn't it? Well, best, depending, because it's like an yeah. interceptor with an AB bonus, so it's like impossible to kill. Yeah, I want to say Fiend, but that's the, cru that's the cruiser. I don't Somebody know. Somebody in called. chat will help us out, hopefully. That's the best part of doing a talk show, because we're going to get DMs all day tomorrow of like people correcting us. 
All right, we will we will definitely the imp. have That's what ah. it's called, the imp. Good work. Awesome. Yeah. Alrighty, but yeah, so that's that's the Alliance tournament and the Anger Games this, that was in this past weekend. I believe the Anger Games should be posted somewhere on YouTube. You can go back and give it a watch. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, all those fails we did link the the VOD in Twitch chat. We'll make sure to put that available as well. Yeah. Alright, I'm segueing. Community beat. I feel like this is somewhat relevant. So community beat, we're not going to go through it super in depth, but the big thing with the community beat, so I talk about Battle of the Bricks. There's a there's an individual with a fancy YouTube video you can go watch as we're talking all about YouTube videos. But the big thing we want to touch on is the player meetups. So with people kind of accepting COVID as is, player meetups are coming back full swing. I know I've been to like two, three already this year. I'm not FanFest, but there's, there's three actually in August now. So August 12th through the 14th is at FinFest, which I'm assuming is in Finland. August 13th is Eve Glasgow, which I'm assuming is in Glasgow. And August 27th is Eve London, which I'm also assuming is in London. So all of those. I say that because I'm a, I always make the assumption, but sometimes people don't, don't know. You never know. But if you guys, if you guys want, check I mean, out the community. What? Go ahead. I said they're not oh. doing something silly like Eve Northeast. Where you have no idea where in the world that is. Yeah, Eve Northeast, I believe, is in September. And I don't know where it is. I know it's somewhere in Northeast America. And I think they go to a campsite. So, but it's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, so for, for these meets, definitely check them out. I think there's links there in the community beat. So if you want to figure out where exactly they are and when everyone's meeting. These are player ran. They're not CCP ran. But there is the comment that some CCP devs may attend. So definitely check those out if you are hoping to spy and a CCP staff member. Then you can buy them a bunch of beers and convince them to add Lodgy on Kill Mails for me. Yeah, when CCP sends devs, they also usually send support for like swag and giveaways and that sort of thing. So at the very least, it's going to be a fun time with some awesome Eve nerds. Yeah, it's a blast. I know COVID has been tough or the pandemic has been tough. We missed out on a lot of Eve meets for a couple of years and now everyone gets to see the homies again. So definitely go check them out if you're in the area and then keep an eye out in September because I'm pretty sure Eve Northeast is in September. Oh God, can you imagine all of the baby Eve players who've never been to a to an Eve meet because they joined during during COVID? Like people joining during COVID, they've been playing this game for one to two years now. That's That's prime first Eve meet territory. It is. And if you know anything about, first of all, Finland or any of the UK folks for Glasgow and London, you definitely know these guys party hard. I think I want to say Eve London was where they created POS fuel, which is a reference to an item in game or a concept in game. And then they just made it this like jungle juice concoction of alcohol in real life. So if you go and you're like, hey, I want pause fuel, it's just like, I think it's always bright blue and it has super sweet and you get really trash off of it. All right. Good intel. Yeah. So if you're like me and a lightweight, don't drink the pause fuel. All right. Segwaying on before I talk about crazy alcohol. Um, summer of streams. So we were talking about how great streamers are and CCP definitely agrees, which is why they have been streaming. So they actually... So for those who want more communication from CCP or looking for more feedback from CCP or like, hey, CCP, what's happening? I have all these questions. Summer of Streams is definitely something to check out. So Artemis is showing the entire calendar list there. If you look, it is like literally every day in August except like the last three days. 
so you can check it out. Well, to, to clarify there, I think they're being smart this time, and they're saying, hey, at some point during this week, We'll post the dev blog and we'll do a stream, but they're not committing to dates yet, which I think is very smart. Okay, that that's fair. I'm a, I would assume this gives them the flexibility too of doing maybe one stream, or if they want to do multiple streams, especially because different devs talk, different devs are on different teams and can talk about different things. But this gives you, this gives I say you, the royal you. This gives all of us an idea of what to look for from CCP, especially as we're expecting updates and we want updates. So sometime this week, CCP is going to talk about faction warfare and the frontline system. And then the next week, they're going to do retrospective on Siege Green update. So a lot of people are really critical about CCP iterating. And so them doing a, hey, let's look back at what we did, the changes we made, how does CCP feel about it, questions folks may have. I think that's a really good insight from them. Yeah, I think they, that was like one of my favorite parts of FanFest. There was a, a presentation by CCPR I had never heard of before, and I forget his name, and I apologize, but he did like a retrospective on the scarcity phase and like dove deep into the data of like mining usage and ore yields and prices of everything, and it was really awesome. So I hope that this retrospective is also as data-driven and dense as that sort of presentation, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, for sure. And I think it gives helps players see why CCP is making updates. Because I know I know as a player, when CCP says, hey, we're making this change, I'm like, well, why are you making this change? And a lot of times they don't want to share right away. But this, I think, when all is said and done, they can say, here's what we saw and here's why we made these changes. And here's why we think it was good or bad. And so I really I really like that angle from CCP. And I wish I wish they did it more from more of their stuff. Um, they're talking. The next one they're talking about is the UI past, present, and future. So for those who really like the Photon UI, or for those who are like me and hate change, you can definitely check that one out to see what CCP is or isn't change, changing, I should say. And then, so that one says a dev blog. I'm hoping they're going to do a CCP TV stream, but maybe they'll just do a video or something instead. I would hope they would have more than just than just a dev blog. I mean, it, it does seem like a very boring stream to just be like, here's how your UI looks now. That yeah. Would, it's not the most entertaining thing to watch, but maybe. I, I would much rather experience it, especially as a player. Like, my biggest concern with Photon UI is the compact mode and, like, how can I stack things? Because I, I'm multiple screens up at the same time and trying to get all the information I need while still being able to pilot my ship is, is a challenge. So yeah. I'd much rather, like, would be able to play with it myself, seeing somebody else, even normal EVE players with their UIs, watching someone else play EVE can be frustrating at times. That's, that's the best part of trying to watch other people play. And then, like, when you're watching a YouTube and you try to click on it, it's because you're just so in ingrained in you. And you hear the stupid notification noise, and so, oh my god. Yeah, that's great. All right, so then the last week, they're going to talk about first arc and narrative-driven development. So for those of you who are wanting some more insight, CCP has kind of been going with the with the narrative. We had Arcia on, I believe it was Arcia. Yes, it was Arcia, talking about the, um, what was it, the Galente Caldari faction warfare and how that's been developing. And I think since then, we've had stuff developing in the Mimitar Mar faction warfare space. A lot of that doesn't have much answers or much insight unless you are a super hypothetical nerd who loves to like dissect this stuff but for the average joe like myself i'm very like clueless of like okay cool something's happened in faction warfare we already know that what does that mean 
And so hopefully at the by the end of August, they're able to kind of outline like, hey, this is this is where we started. And now you can see everything related to what we've revealed and how it's going to impact. And so that's my hope for this. I'm hoping I'm hoping if not that, then maybe they're po focusing on other things. So they say, here's all this faction warfare stuff you guys are doing. Here's other things that may be coming out, too. So I'm hoping we, we maybe see that. It's worth pointing out that they also note that into September, embracing new players, what we have learned and what lies ahead. They talk about the first arc and narrative Q&A on Discord. So it sounds like they're going to be releasing some stuff and then actually answering questions about it. Yeah, I was going to say, does that mean the first arc will be effectively like over at that point and we'll be into another one? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll see that this week where they, because I think some folks have been like whispering about hobo leaks having information, but not a lot. So folks are like, oh, there's all this stuff that's coming out. We don't know what it is or what it's for. We think it's for faction warfare, but how? And so hopefully we start seeing some more answers because I'm kind of hoping we get a lot of this like over time rather than just like all at once. Because in that way, if it's something's broken, we can say, hey, it's broken. Here's all these bug fixes and then provide continuous feedback loops, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the summer of streams. Additionally, if you're a streamer, they've told us to reach out to them to say, hey, I want to stream on the CCP channel. So if you're a big nerd and you want to do that, definitely reach out and ask. I forget where they said to reach out specifically. They said it in the partner Discord. Oh, well, there's your problem. Yeah, but I still think that opportunity should be to other people. CCP can fight me about it. Poor Swift is going to get his DMs blown up and be like, who the heck? Yeah, CCP is looking to partner more, <laughs> partner more with community content creators. So if you have an idea for something, definitely reach out to them. I say as streamers, but like honestly, if you are any sort of content creator or Eve Meet person or anything along those lines, reach out to CCP. Speaking of which, if you are still hosting an Eve Meet, I should have said this sooner. Reach out to CCP and they'll send you swag. So like even if they don't send a dev, they can maybe send you some swag. All right, player data. So talking about streams, CCP did a stream around player data. They did a bit about it on at FanFest itself, FanFest itself, and then they released more information. I want to say it was on a stream, but I can't watch CCP streams live, and I don't like watching YouTube videos. But yeah, so they do have it all on YouTube. Okay. But they have a... They, they have like, a what are you talking of, about, Rain? Oh my god. I just generally don't watch YouTube. I'm a boomer, okay? Yeah, so, so they have... They actually have a lot of information with player data, and I think this is super cool. I'm like kind of a data nerd, but not really. But some of this like really tickles my soul where they talk about like you can see what was it? What was the graph? The alliances like alts per member, average total time, average total log on time player per member. So you can see like a lot of big, big groups that like get called out. And so like that's always exciting to me. Um, yeah, and then, so like, this graph is like super information dense. So the size of the star, I believe, was the size of the alliance, like the number of characters. Then you've got on the, on the x-axis, you've got the number of alts. So people way over here have more alts. And then up higher is how much time is played per member. So people who have the higher playtime are up at the top. So it's incredibly dense with the, with the amount of information that you can read in here. I was super surprised to see that, like, the Imperium has a lot more alts than, like, Northern Coalition, as an example. Where is Pandemic Legion? Right there. Southeast of, of Northern Coalition. Which is also really funny, because 
Never mind. I'm not going to say that. That might be too much intel. But like the one thing I found Spill interesting. Spill the beans, Rain. No, you've no, committed to it. Okay. You have to. Okay. This probably isn't OPSEC, but BRAC region is the PL alt corp, which if you're in any sort of pan fam stuff horde, you would know this. But BRAC region has a ton of alts. And if you look, they're, they have more playtime than some of these other alliances, which like that was really weird to me too. And so like I, I can recognize some of these folks who I'm zooming in. I probably shouldn't have zoomed in. But like a lot of these, so, like I'm looking at like scary wormhole people, high the network, like some of these folks where you would think they have a lot of alts, but then you look and you see like, okay, goons, like goons is a massive alliance, but a lot of those people are alts or like same with like tests or horde. But then like, NC and PL, I would not have expected like Imperium alliances to have more alts than NCPL. I guess like we're we're probably thinking from the perspective of PvP alts because we're both mainly PvPers. But in di- industry and industrial players, they scale wide. You want more and more and more and more Rorquals or Exumers or what have you. So I think that could be where we're missing is we're looking at it from the wrong perspective. Yeah, that could be too. I kind of wish. I wish we had like an interactive graph because there's a lot of dots that we actually don't know the names of. They only it seems like they probably highlighted the names of the people who went to who went to FanFest or maybe were more like quote unquote well known. I believe yeah, so, so. Like if I could see like some of these dots, it's like like the ones the one at the bottom right, like all the way over, all the way to the right. Like it's kind of impressive to me, like like very few people but a ton of alts like wingspan where it's like one person and like wingspan all the way to the far left but they have a lot lot of login time comparatively but then not a lot of alts which is surprising to me some of this stuff i think is like super impressive yeah the classic hydra reloaded if you're if you're playing that that intensely with your pvp you're probably not multi-boxing yeah which is also funny because a lot of people do have alts or like they'll have like a what is it backpack links or a scouting alt or this or that indeed yeah i wonder how they handled spies when they were doing this or Uh, if the spies are good enough that cc no like ccp when they're when they're parsing this data how do they assign like members versus alts if if you've got what like an nc player who's got an alt in the imperium theoretically they're doing it well enough that ccp wouldn't be able to track it back but i don't know so so I know when CCP in the past, when they have shown these, they always say the character you log in the most as is your main. So I wonder if that's how they did it. So if you have like five characters in NC and five characters in Goons, CCP says, okay, whichever one you're logged in most, that's your main. So therefore, we're just going to assume like you're Well, I mean, but where do, you, where do you count that alt? Do you count that spy alt as a member oh. of Goons form, or do you count them as an alt for the person in Northern Coalition? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a CCP question. It's probably also a very small number of players, so it's not particularly important, but just a curiosity. Yeah, it looks like a lot of this data and everything, it's just hashing out in more detail what was shown during FanFest, which is awesome that they would do that, but just for some context there. Yeah, I I like these graphs. I was also looking at the, they did the YouTube video, and what was it? It was like, players over time i was trying to remember how they said it It was like most active players over time or like most characters most logged in and it was really funny because you could see like arcia and gorski from like 2000 yeah yeah here it is most played characters and then they do it over time so it starts 
October 2012, and then it goes. And you can see at first it's Arcia and Gorski, and both were on the CSM, and like I just recognized both. But I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was a really cool graph. Yeah, if you pause it at all, it's like Kithrin does a lot in Pandemic Legion. Mystical Might. Commander. Yeah, Starfleet, Gorski. It's like some of these names you can like, you just recognize from being known in the community, but there's also, it seems like, a lot of people who play who, like, like I don't know. I don't know who these dudes are. So maybe there's a lot of people that folks just don't know. There's Pando. Yeah, I wonder who's most logged in nowadays. Whoever this person is. Gosh, I don't recognize, like, any of the names for current most logged in, other than Pando. Yeah. I recognize Kithrin. Hey, Apex! Apex is a viewer! Hey! Congratulations, Dude, Apex. Apex! Yeah. And then, obviously, Mystical Might. So, like, some of these names, it's, like, interesting to see how much they're up there. And then some of the names, you're just like, I have no idea who this is. So I wonder if they're alts, or if these are, like, people who are, like, super dedicated to the game and literally just don't want to socialize with anyone, so they're trying to be quiet. Maybe, or they're just chilling and mining all day. Yeah, that could be. But yeah, I thought I thought that graph was interesting. That one and then the Evil Alliance is one. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So I think a lot of this is super interesting. I think CCP just loves finding data and sharing it with the players. And even though I would say like I don't think this is affecting like them making decisions for us as players, I think it's just interesting to see. Alright, I think that's all am I missing something? Did I not open a tab? That's all the tabs I have. Alright, there's he's doing a sale, but I don't really care to promote CCP sale because they're selling. Oh yeah, because they're selling skill points and you hate, hate them it. selling skill I points. Well allow me to shield for CCP then. The double boost bundle returns. If you'd like to get two million SP instantly, you can do it right now. I guess it also includes a cerebral accelerator too. Two of them, in fact, because you're getting the training boost bundle plus the start training boost bundle for free. Oh, but it's only running until August 1st, so today is your last day. <laughs> Get in on this fast. <laughs> we couldn't hold it together at the end there. I'm sorry, CCP. Yeah, I do not like them selling SP. Oh, Valimer in chat is pointing out it's apparently Hilmar's 20th anniversary at CCP, which that's really impressive because he must wow. have just came on board right before Evil Line came out. Yeah, isn't something to look forward to next year? It's the 20th anniversary of Eve, and so you're going to have like the 20th anniversary of FanFest too. I am really, really, really hoping to go, I think. If you have to go to just one, this is probably going to be the one. Yeah, it's going to be super, super good. Hopefully they have, I have no idea what they have planned. I know one time CCP Falcon in the past was like, we're going to do a parade, which sounds really cheesy, but I also think that would be absolutely hilarious if we got a bunch of Eve nerds to parade around Reykjavik. With how drunk they will be, I don't think it would be much of a parade. They'd be tripping over each other, and you don't want to be in the back because then you're walking through all of the... All uh, the bodies and the spilled beer. Bodies, spilled beer, and other... Well, anyway... He's trying to say, yeah, yeah. So I think that's all this week for news. I I feel like there's like a lot to talk about, but also not a lot. Maybe oh, uh, we have the for the future. We're gonna talk about the war in the south. Get an update there. I know we have LB that can talk about it, as well as some other like Pan Fan folks or I want to say Fire folks. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we'll get updates from folks there. We had a request in chat to talk to Asher. We can try and bug him to come on the show sometime if he wants. Maybe he'll agree to like 
do a double podcast where he's interviewing us and we're interviewing him. I don't I don't really know. We're both I don't streaming. Think he does his podcast that anymore. He doesn't, but he also streams, so maybe we can convince him to do like a redemption arc or something. Fair enough. Yeah, in in terms of the war, like it's it's mostly exactly the same as it was when we talked last week from from the outside perspective. There's timers flipping back and forth all over Immensi, Tenerifis, and Faithopolis. I did hear that Fireco recently swapped some of their timers into the AUTZ, which means that more of the AUTZ or CNTZ groups like Dakaris will be able to have more of an impact, and so they might swing things, and it might indicate that Fire need to make some adjustments because they're getting hit a little too hard in the EUTZ. But we'll have to wait and find out how that occurs. We'll certainly, we have a few members who are part of, like Dakaris and other CNTZ groups, so we might see if we can get some of their guests on if there's a lot more activity in that time zone. Yeah, that'll be really good to see. I know neither of us are AUTZ oriented, so it's going to be difficult for us to like actually be there and see the fights. But I know when there are fights that happen in that time zone, they're actually pretty fun. For the record, I am AUTZ in, in terms of my time zone. What? I work at, I work night shifts. That's crazy. Like, How do you do that? Staying up to engineer the shows, I, I literally just pull an all-nighter. Oh no, that's so bad. <laughs> that's how it works. So I could I could totally join in. I should have fly an interceptor out there or on some kill mails. Heck yeah, you should do it. Reporting live from the scene, Artemis. Corian in chat is like, accept your defeat fire. Listen, I want them to cling on to life for as long as humanly possible. Even longer than humanly possible because we're space nerds and we're better than other humans. Like, keep fighting. Do your thing. You're the final reunion. This is your, this is your last stand. Come on. We need more destruction. Yeah, especially, especially with how much stuff is all all these teams down there fighting teams all those alliances down there fighting valimer just posted in chat too the uh, the twit the twitter from ccp helmar so for his 20th anniversary he got a two-handed sword impressive Alrighty. i guess as we get more devs who have is saved that the company, gold or is that just a reflection of the ground I think it's a reflection of the ground. Okay. I was about to say, that's insane. If they, if they gave a gold-plated a gold-plated sword. I was going to say, that's why our subscription price has to increase. Yeah, just to pay <laughs> for the gold-plated sword for Hilmar, of course. Yeah. Alrighty. That's, that's all I had this week. I don't know if you have anything else, Artemis. That's all I've got as well. Definitely keep... I, I should mention, I meant to say it when we were talking about the Summer of Streams event. CCP does have just regular streams on the CCP channel as well. They've got the slow streams with ISDs. They used to have Carneros on for his Carneros and Chills. I'm still sad that those are gone. But they've got lots of content apart from these ones. So if you're interested, go take a look at that as well. Yeah, for sure. And they, I think they go in all time zones too. So they have some German streams, some Russian streams. So if you're watching this and not really a fun English speaker and you prefer other languages, you could check those out. Yeah, so thank you everyone. I don't I don't do you have any final thoughts, Artemis? Anything else you wanna give a shout out to? I do not. All I wanna do is say, yay, Alliance Tournament. Definitely go check it out, team. I hope you guys all apply and get in and feed fancy tournament chips or whatever they let you feed. But uh, thank you everyone. Tune in this weekend, Sunday, same time, same place. We should be around. We'll be hopefully talking about the war in the south, but if something else comes up we'll definitely prioritize that. See you next week.